Hello, friend, and welcome to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You're listening over WIMG 1300, New Jersey's oldest radio station. And you can follow us over WIMG on Twitter, WIMG 1300 on Facebook and Twitter. Um, you're listening, excuse me, watching over WPHY Channel 25 covering Mercer County, New Jersey through the Verizon Network. And Trenton 365 Show has a Facebook page. You can also post your events to the Trenton 365 Community Calendar page on Facebook and follow me on Instagram and Twitter as well, Trenton365. In the studio with me is my longtime funny man, comedian, Dan Regan. Uh, Dan and I go back decades. Um, I was in his wedding. He was in my wedding. In addition to that, we've played recreational sports for years, had vacations together, traveled all over the, uh, the East Coast um, playing ball. And uh, he's just one of my best friends. Cool, true, genuine guy. And he's a very, very funny comedian. Without any further ado, Dan Regan, welcome back to the show. How you doing, bud? This, I figure this is the best way we can hang out. It's the only time I get to see you. I <laughs> do your show. So I'll see another year when the next time I do your show. Uh, see what I mean, folks? This is what this is going to be like. So this next Thursday... 30 minutes or so is going to be very interesting and enlightening, but I want you to definitely go to the website and the Facebook page, etc., uh, and Twitter um, of what Dan's doing, and check him out. He's got some really, really funny things, and I think one of the things that's really interesting, Dan, about what you do is that oftentimes, like, you hear about uh, comedians, but there's uh, this whole idea between um, comedians who are clean and then comedians who are unclean. Can we start from there and talk about what's the difference between the two? Well... If you're going to be a clean comedian, you're definitely going to have more opportunities to get booked, more opportunities just to play anywhere. Um, comedians, like, I I have a couple different sets I can do, depending on where I'm booked. College crowds tend to like a little bit, a little edgier. Um, older crowds, all depends. So depending on where the promoter wants me to get booked uh, is where I will... Uh, you know, set my jokes accordingly, I should say. <laughs> Great. <clears throat> now, you know, I've told, fo told folks told folks, and Vaughn here is in the studio as well, shout out to Devontae, my, my intern, um, that, you know, I've known you for many years. And for years, you've made me and all of our other friends laugh. And I mean, real laughter. Not, not that, oh, yeah, he's kind of funny. But no, laughter. Mm -hmm. Stomach hurting, kind of busting over. When did you realize that you had this gift to make people laugh? Probably in school, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, told this, I told this on here the last time I was here. Uh, first time I did stand-up, technically I was 10, at a party for my great-grandfather, but I was reciting other, another, other comics jokes because I didn't know any better. But when I first started realizing that I could make people laugh was probably in school, like, you know, the class clown stuff. So, yeah. And the, the funny thing is, if anybody's ever, you know, when you make people laugh, it's, it's like... There's not, in my opinion, there's nothing beats it when you can make somebody laugh from something that you said. So uh, it's addictive. It's definitely addictive. <laughs> and um, you're the one. I was just telling a couple minutes ago. I was telling somebody that you're you're the one that encouraged me to get up on stage finally and just try it because I I never had any intentions of doing that. So thank you. Well, where's the royalty checks? Silent crickets. When I start, get, when I start getting paid, so will you. <laughs> okay, I'll remember that. So um, I, I know that you've, you, you talk about, um, in your comedy, you talk about a lot of life experiences. And uh, some of your funniest jokes to me, and maybe it's, it's relative to me knowing those experiences in your life, but some of those, to me, are the funniest things. Um, do most comics utilize that kind of material 
to um, make jokes? And is that really what you're going for? I think so. I think the more there's jokes you can make that you can completely make up, and you can make them funny. But the jokes that I think are the ones that will resonate with people the most are the ones that are that come from some some bit of truth, if not all. Mm-hmm. And it's just basically taking everyday life and turning it around and making it funny, especially if it's something that's sad, depressing, or tragic, mm-hmm. which is the cliche where you know comedy is tragedy, but it's it's true. Like a lot of the jokes that that worked for me came from the beginning, not a place of funny. It came from something where it might have been painful or hurt. And just thinking about it, I said, let me. How could I turn it around and make it a better memory? And if I can make people laugh from it, then maybe I could deal with it a little bit better as well. So it's all, it's like therapeutic as well, not to get too deep, but mm-hmm. that's what it also uh, could be as well. Well, I want to stay with that um, because uh, you've also talked to me about, or let me back up. Your original logo on one of your first pieces of merchandise was a, a smiling face and a crying face or a sad face and a happy face. And um, talk about why you chose that and how that lends to what comedy is. Because I think that goes hand in hand with comedy. Uh, again, going back to where something, the funniest jokes that I've ever written weren't funny from the some people might say they're still not funny, but <laughs> but some some people would say that. But seriously, my best jokes came from a place of pain, and turning it around to make it funny. It's almost like the yin and the yang. You need you need the tragedy for the comedy. Mm-hmm. You need the comedy for the tragedy. So when I was toying around, like what symbol should I use? I said that you know the the drama faces because that's basically what comedy comes from is drama and uh so that's pretty much why plus they were cool looking as well i can't say that they weren't Mm -hmm. so i went to acting school when i was in high school so i always knew about the the faces so it's kind of like a um like a tribute to that but it also had a lot of meaning as why i would use it for comedy as well Mm -hmm. now you've talked in the past you've talked about um what comics are going through and uh, what it takes to get up on stage and to reveal that and to be candid. Can you enlighten us a bit more about that? Yeah. Uh, the thing is, now more than ever, I think where you can't put a, a limit on what you can and can't talk about. Certain places want you to be clean. That's I respect that. But I've seen comedians get criticized for a joke that might be too... I hate the phrase too soon. For a comedian, if you're just a regular audience member and you say too soon, that's fine. I've heard comedians tell their comedians too soon. And if you say that, don't call yourself a comedian because it's never too soon. Because I'd rather be too soon than somebody that's already heard that before. Mm-hmm. And when it, when is it not too soon? Uh, so if you want to make a joke about a hurricane, you know, we have this hurricane, you know, coming down on the East Coast soon. Now, if you want to make a joke about a hurricane... You're not, you're not making fun of people losing their homes or, God forbid, dying. You're making fun of the event to maybe lighten it up, lighten up the mood of just hearing about it all the time and the news about it. So even though that might be too soon for two people, two people over here might say, you know what, that made me feel a little bit better, you know, whatever. So the whole thing about too soon bothers me. Mm-hmm. It always did, it always will. So um, 
but I think that's the, like going back to where I started with comedians. Um, like I know I've heard a lot of comedians don't do colleges anymore because colleges give you a very restrictive list of what you can and can't talk about, and you have to abide by it because that's what they're. But to pigeonhole the comedian like that, you're kind of like clipping their wings a little bit. Um, I mean, I understand the language, you know, content, but. They even give you like trigger words that you can't talk about in colleges. What the current ones, I don't know. I just remember hearing other comedians talk about it. They used to do college tours and just won't do them anymore because of that. So that's the thing that kind of bothers me is comedy is the one thing where you really shouldn't draw a line because eventually that line is going to get erased. It's going to be drawn back further and further. Until eventually you're going to be in a corner telling knock-knock jokes. Mm-hmm. So. I'm speaking with comedian Dan Regan on Twitter. You can find him at Social Mime, Social Space Mime, and then also on Facebook, his name, D-A-N-R-E-G-A-N, Regan. Um, so, Dan, <clears throat> one of the things that we've talked about over the years is, is about the original content, the content of, of, of writing material and intellectual property. And you've been on the forefront of making it very public about people who steal other comedians' jokes or people who just through social media take, a, say, your joke or a comedian's joke and then share that as their own. Um, just elaborate on that a bit. Um, yeah, joke theft, it, it's something I'm passionate about. To the point where last year somebody actually made a parody Facebook page of me. <laughs> I found this out where, and it was just, it was funny to me in a way. It was, and at first I got a little upset, and then another comedian said to me, "Think about it. They took the time to set up a page and make a parody about you." He said, "I can only wish somebody would do that for me." And the page was basically me always. It was just me talking about what I always say. It's funny hearing it back and in, in a different. Like, reading my words coming from a different um, space. But, uh, yeah, the whole... Back in the day when we were kids, and I was guilty of it, too, I would say, hey, I heard this joke. Well, I didn't know where that joke came from, so I'm not going to credit whoever said it. But today, with social media, with with so many ways where you know or, you know that's not yours... Put it to this way, if you have a friend on Facebook that's funny all the time and then you see them in person and they're never funny, chances are they're just lifting jokes. They're, they're you know, it's, and that's fine. If you're, if you're doing it, to be honest, but I've, I've gone after people on Facebook that have stolen my jokes and will flat out say, no, I didn't, and then block me or won't even respond and block me. And there's nothing you can really do about it other than just either you could give up, keep your jokes to yourself, which a lot of people tell me that, which... Makes no sense. I've had somebody say, well, then don't put it out there if you don't want them stolen. So I shouldn't drive a car in case, for fear that it's going to get carjacked. I mean, it, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's like, why should I not do what I want to do? Because somebody else is doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. So. so you've also been uh, screenshotting um, these people who uh, take your jokes. And um, you've got followers all over the country and I would assume outside of the country as well. So you've been screenshotting people who take your jokes and then share them and then enjoy the laughs and the support and, and the compliments that they get for the jokes that they've lifted mm-hmm. from you, et cetera. Um, how's that going, and where do you see that going in the near future? Uh, well, I, I'm just going to keep doing it. Um, there was uh, one time somebody on Facebook, and it's funny because the ones that bother me the most now, I've, I've become used to it, but the ones that bother me still are the people that will say 
to let's say you're the person that took my joke and someone will say man you're funny instead of just coming clean and say yeah but it wasn't mine they'll say thank you <laughs> and they're the ones that i will say i'll post my screenshot because people say why don't you do stand up and, and i one time said because he would have nothing if he had to do original material that i that I would post my screenshot of the joke that he took now people say why are you wasting your time it's never going to accomplish anything. The per the people probably won't stop doing it, but it's just to let other people know out there. Listen, to take inventory of what you do and what other people are doing, and just if you like a joke, if you see a joke of anybody, share it instead of, or if you're going to copy and paste it, say credit blah blah blah. You know, I know it sounds trivial, but when you're passionate about it and, and it's your livelihood, like it is mine, it, it bothers you. Great. I'm speaking with longtime friend Dan Regan, who's a comedian. You can find him on Twitter at Social Mime. You're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show, and we'll be back after a short break. <clears throat> and welcome back to the Trenton 365 show. You can send me an email, Trenton365show at gmail.com, and you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Trenton365. In the studio with me, I've got comedian Dan Regan on Twitter. He's you can follow him on Twitter at Social Mime. And you can also find him on Facebook as well. Dan and his last name is R-E-G-A-N. So uh, just before the break, Dan and I were talking about uh, some of his background with uh telling jokes in comedy, etc. Um but we were also talking about intellectual property and joke theft and lifting jokes, etc. Um there's a famous um comedian who caught a lot of flack um, for doing that. Can you share a bit about who he is and uh, what's happened recently with him? Uh, is it Carlos Mencia? Okay. There's a few, but he's probably the most, in the comedy world, the most famous one because he was actually called out on stage in um, L.A. He was at the, uh, the comedy store and Joe Rogan, another comedian, finally called him out on it. Um, right in the middle of Carlos's set, Joe gets up there and basically was just flat out accused him. He said, you're stealing and Mencia you know denied it well then Rogan put it a video out so he was able to like splice in the jokes that Carlos would say and then the jokes where he copied it from I don't know if anybody's familiar with Bill Cosby stuff and you know when back when Bill Cosby was accepted <laughs> um but back in the day Bill had a very famous stand-up special that HBO aired all the time it was and one of the one of his big jokes was um you know, you raise your son from, you know, fathers raise their kid from little kid, teach him football, you know, practicing with him. And the kid gets to college, he runs a touchdown, millions of people are watching, looks right in the camera and goes, hi, mom, that was Cosby's joke. Mencia basically did almost the exact same joke, you know, and it was just examples like that. So it got out pretty quick that Carlos was a notorious joke thief. Uh, it's been said that the late Robin Williams was. And Robin Williams even wrote checks to comedians that he took jokes from because even though it wasn't intentional, I think when he would sit in the back of the comedy club, he'd hear jokes all the time going in his head. And when Robin Williams would do his stand-up, he would just riff a lot of times. And unintentionally, some maybe some of that would bleed out and he would just say it. Like I said, I don't think he meant to say that's my joke, but that's why I don't like watching a lot of other comedians as well because I don't want to get the influence of any of their jokes in my head. And God forbid I put one out there that's not mine, because I would feel horrible if I ever did that, because that would never be my intention. Mm. But it does happen. I mean, there's parallel thinking. I mean, there's jokes that you're going to get the two comedians with the same idea on a subject. That's going to happen. But when you do it word for word and pretty much the setup, 
that's when it gets a little suspect. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about your influences a bit. Um, you know, I know that Joan Rivers was very important to you, um, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a young person. But um, as you've gotten older, I know that you're a big fan of, of Eddie Murphy and some others. Um, who are your influences? And elaborate on Joan Rivers and Eddie Murphy as well. Well, Joan Rivers, she was a comedian when I said 10 years old, getting up in front of, you know, the party and recite because, you know, I listened to her comedy album back then. <laughs> Half the jokes she said I didn't understand or get. But, um, so yeah, she was definitely a big influence on me. Eddie Murphy growing up. If you grew up in the 80s like we did, uh, Eddie Murphy Raw, Eddie Murphy Delirious was, those were your favorites. Don Rickles was another one of my, you know, just because he could, he basically didn't have a set. He would just go out there and insult the crowd. And he offended everybody. Didn't matter. Didn't matter your color, your, your race, man, woman, didn't matter. Because it wasn't coming from a place of hate. It was just coming from comedy. And that's why I think people didn't mind it. He wasn't going out there to offend. He was going out there to make you laugh. Um, so, but going, yeah, but going back, Eddie Murphy was definitely one, a big influence of mine. And I, Raw to this day is still, me and you talk about it. We still quote it as being one of the greatest stand-ups. I, my opinion, Raw was one of the greatest stand-ups ever. George Carlin's another one of my favorites growing up. Um, as a comedian, you respect anybody like George Carlin. He would put out a new hour every year, and that's so hard to do. It, if you could put out an hour every couple of years, that's that's an accomplishment. He would put one out every year, and it would be brilliant. I mean, it wouldn't be the. It, it's not like he would have a bad year. Like oh, that, he would hit every year, which is unbelievable. So yeah, so those are some of my. Uh, Big influences. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you've also been very public about um, inclusion and um, making sure that people don't, or, or like anti-racism, anti-hatred. You're very open and honest about that. About hey, everyone, we're all the same, etc. Um, as a comedian, how do you how do you sometimes draw the lines with those uh, sensitive issues? like when you're on stage and, and if you're having the right material about that. And, and I want to set this up by saying, uh, you know, one of the times when we were, we were playing softball, there was a racist issue that happened. And I remember how offended you were. You were probably more offended by what happened than I was. And I remember that to this day and how important that was in, in not only solidifying our friendship and our bond and our, our brotherhood, but you've actually continued with that, you know, to, you know, where we are now, you know, approaching, you know, 50. Um, so, so how do you, as a comedian, deal with sensitive issues and things like that? You know, it's funny because I don't sit there and think, okay, what, well, I'm not going to say this because that might offend, because it's not in my nature. I don't think to, like, for example, for, I, I've told you this plenty of times. I've never, ever referred, like when I'm talking about you to somebody, I've never, ever said my black friend, Jock. <laughs> You're just my friend, Jock. And that's just always been my, my mentality. It's not, I don't, not to, listen, I'm not saying, oh, I don't see color. Everybody does. But it's not, I don't need to s- specify your ethnicity. Like, I wouldn't say that about, oh, I was with my Irish friend, you know, Sean. So it, it's, it's stuff like that. It's like, I never sit there and think, well, I need to say, I make make sure I need to say this. Otherwise, I don't want somebody getting offended if I don't. And I think it helps me, like, growing up with, um, I had somebody that was gay in my family growing up. Like I said, I, I was in acting, so I, I was around gay people pretty much my whole life. So I think that set the tone for me is 
I don't care what you are. I don't care if you're gay or straight, whatever. As long as you treat me well, that's all I care about. If you respect me, I respect you. I know it sounds so, like, cliche and so, like, oh, you know, after-school special moment, <laughs> but, you know, that's just always been my mentality about it. Um, I told you, I said, I'll never, I'll never say African-American. I'll say black. Because I think people that... This, now, this might offend some people, but when people say African-American, in my opinion, they're trying too hard. Just say it is. I'm white, you're black. Move on. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, that's just my opinion. So you can send all your hate mail to me. Don't send it to Jacques or the station. <laughs> and how can he reach out to you? To Jacques Howard. <laughs> at WIMG 1300 AM. <laughs> Mr. Funny Man. Yeah. All right, so... Um, You've got some shows coming up. You got you got a gig coming up recently. Um, let's let's share when and where that is, and then I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you to tell a few jokes. Okay. Yeah, this Friday night I'll be in Cranberry, New Jersey, at the Station Bar and Grill. It's on Route 130. It's a great room. Uh, the man Mike Bonner he hosts he hosts every Friday, and it's free, which is the best part. You get you come in. The food there is really good, so you get great food, and it, he gets. Some of the top, I'm, I'm telling you, it's some of the top comedians. He'll even have me on there, but he does. It's a great show every week, and you're you're in and out of there by 9, 30, 10 o'clock. So you're not there all night. You're not going to see 20 comedians going through. Um, so, yeah, I'll be there Friday night. And it's this is probably like my 20th time doing that show. So it's a great time. Great. And uh, your contact information? Uh, Twitter is Social Mime. Like you said, Social Mime. Social underscore Mime. And Facebook is my name, Dan Regan, D-A-N-R-E-G-A-N. Um, Instagram is Dan Regan Comedy. You can check me out there, and I post all my stuff on there. And uh, that's like my um, that's like my trial. I'll, I'll float stuff out there to see, you know, what people like and what they don't like. And I kind of, you know, I'll like watch, see how it works, and then tinker it if I have to, or completely scrap it, which happens more times than not. So. I know I asked you uh, to tell a few jokes, um, but I want to back up uh, mm-hmm. before that. I want you to run down a few of the places where you've actually performed and uh, some of the locations, et cetera. I've done, um, I just recently, last year, I did stand-up in New York. Um, that's in New York. Um, <laughs> I started out, it's no longer there, but my the one the first place I ever started was the Laugh House in Philly, which, you know, will always, I would say when it closed down, it's, I was on South Street. I do, like I said, a lot of uh, shows in Philadelphia. Um, I've done. I've been at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick. Plenty of firehouses. I've been in more firehouses uh, <laughs> than a Dalmatian. Um, and bars. Uh, I'm trying to think the most. I did a private. I did a private bachelor party once, which was interesting. Um, it was all guys there, and I was the entertainment. I, it was it was it was fun. Um, I'm trying to. Think, I even I think I did a church show for you one time. I think <laughs> yeah. you booked me at a church show yeah. or something. But my first ever show before I even got on stage was your backyard at a picnic. Yep, that was my first time ever telling jokes in front of a. I'm still waiting on that check back. <laughs> it ain't coming. Um, <laughs> All right, so I'm going to put you on the spot, but before we do so, I've got Dan Regan, a comedian who's in the studio. You can find him on Twitter, Social Space Mime. You can also find him on Facebook, his name, Dan, D-A-N-R-E-G-A-N, and also on Instagram, Dan Regan Comedy. So, uh, Dan, how about a couple of minutes of uh, some of your jokes? Well, I don't want to like just do material, but I'll, I'll tell you, last night I went to a concert, I went to see Ozzy. And Who's Ozzy? 
He was Ozzy Osbourne. There we go. Okay. And uh, growing up, I had a mullet. You know, I had I was into the metal. I was the, uh, you know, was aspired to be the, uh, you know, the Bon Jovi of, the second Bon Jovi of Jersey since Bon Jovi was from Jersey as well. But uh, yeah, it's so funny though, like seeing, going to concerts. Like the concert ended at like ten thirty, and it was like an hour from home. So by the time I got home, it's like you know you're getting older when you got to take a nap for an all nighter, <laughs> and. Um, but the thing, too, I noticed people are doing at concerts and sporting events everywhere is they film the whole thing on their phones. They, like, watch the whole event through their phone. So this guy last night in front of me was filming the entire concert, and he had his arms up, so I could barely see. So I finally, for the first, I've never commented on Facebook Live videos. I finally commented on his. I said, hey, I'm the guy behind you. Put down your phone so I could see. <laughs> And it's funny because he looked—he looked at my wife. He didn't even look at me. They can, like you know. Um, give me a give me a subject. I'll, I'll... Uh, marriage. Marriage, yeah. Well, you said I, I am currently married um, to a great, great woman. I was married in the past, though. My first wife, she found Jesus. That's why she left me. Turns out it was Jesus Gonzalez lived down the street from us. <laughs> Um, I bought her a mood ring, and it always said "not in the." So, I'm speaking with Dan Regan, a comedian. Um, his uh, Instagram is Dan Regan Comedy. You can find him on Twitter, social hyphen mime. Uh, Dan, you're going to be performing this Friday night at the Cranberry. In Station Bar and Grill in Cranberry. Okay. It's just called Station Bar and Grill. Station Bar and Grill in Cranberry, New Jersey. And uh, he is available for gigs um, throughout the region. And um, going forward, um, I, I know we're always talking about different ideas and projects. In about 30 seconds or so, um, I've got a filmmaker, Jamal Green, who's going to be coming mm -hmm. on shortly after you. Um, what are your thoughts about doing some uh, film work? Yeah, that, that would be interesting. Actually, what I did recently, a friend of ours, I didn't even tell you this, Friend of ours, Tim, he was a best man at his brother's wedding recently. So he actually commissioned me to punch up the best man speech for him. So I'm also available for that as well. Like, uh, which is something that I used to do. And I called him, like, how it was, how to go. He goes, it was a hit. He said, you know, people liked it. So if you ever have a, you know, if you need a commercial, if you're doing a speech, if you're ever speaking in front of a group, you need you want some jokes to kind of lighten it up a little bit. Get in contact with me as well. We'll work something out as well. So, definitely would like to get involved with filming as well. I I definitely would be on the other side of the camera. If I don't, <laughs> gotcha. I don't think you want to be. Uh, I don't think I'm camera ready ever. So. Gotcha. And uh, and and I do have to for the those who are watching on TV. I mean, you've got two two um, brands on that you're a big fan of, and quickly Star Wars and the New York Yankees. Um, your your appreciation and support for those two brands quickly. Yeah, Star Wars, since I was a kid, Yankees as well. Um, you know, Yankees, you either love them or hate them. People would say, you know, you're a Yankee fan. Do you ever get tired of them winning? Back in the day, do you ever get tired of them winning? I don't know. Do you ever get tired of having a steak once a year in October? <laughs> no. Why would you ever get tired of something good? So, and Star Wars, yeah. Uh, I go on forever about Star Wars, so let's leave it as, yeah. Like you said, my two passions. So. Mm -hmm. And how about, how about something from Chewbacca? <laughs> The, what the chewy impression? Yes, sir. <clears throat> oh, oh. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, yeah, folks. Dan Regan, comedian. Um, you can find him this Friday night at the Station Bar and Grill in Cranberry, New Jersey. You can also find him on Twitter, Social Mime. Also on Instagram, Dan Regan Comedy, and on Facebook, Dan and his last name Regan R E G. And it's always nice to see you, brother. I love you, man. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks, bud. Take care. You're welcome. You're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show. We'll be back for the second part of the program.